you for joining us on another episode of Popcorn for Breakfast here on a Monday night, Memorial Day night. How's it going? With your co-host, oh, Kirk. Oh, you yeah. weren't asking me. No, I wasn't you asking, asking you. I don't care audience. about what's going for you. Let's How be honest. How dare you? I don't. I don't care. <laughs> I don't care. How's it going, everyone, but Kirk? That's I right. want to know. Is Cam Wiggs? That's his mantra. That's his mantra. That's how he's feeling. He's got. I got three days off. I couldn't care less about this guru in the Hawaiian shirt across town from him. That's what's going on. I yeah, see, you're I you're see you're rocking some good Memorial Day vibes. You got the Hawaiian shirt, barbecue ready. Um, gotta love it. Uh, I'm your other co-host, Cam. We're here. It's Monday, so we're here. Memorial Day or not, we are here, ready to stream, ready to talk about. All of the goings on in the movie and TV world. Um, of course, it is Memorial Day, as I mentioned. So, um, definitely want to give our our most profound thanks and honor to all those who have paid the ultimate sacrifice for our freedoms. And uh, some of those freedoms allow us to do really stupid things like uh, stream and watch movies all the time, and 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 watch TV shows and watch Stranger Things at two a.m. and um, those things are dumb, but they're also part of what makes freedom such an awesome thing. You get to do whatever you want, and there are people out there who have paid the ultimate price to sacrifice that for us, and there are people out there whose family members have done that. So if your family That's members, right. um, whether they be active duty or, or you lost somebody uh, due to their military service, we want to thank you for your sacrifice as well. Uh, just a great day to, to remember those. Uh, glad we take the time to do it and to get to exercise our freedoms with a little bit of... I don't know. Here around these parts, we do some barbecuing, we do some swimming if the weather's okay. I don't know what they do everywhere else, but that's sort of the middle America thing. We do some cornhole, yeah, which is like the most ridiculous word. I've always called it bags, but cornhole just sounds like so, so midwestern. So I try to just call it bags, like just so gross. It does, but it's so fun. Like a backwards joke on Rocco's Modern Life, but really it is a a wooden slab with a hole cut into it that you try to get a sandbag through. That's all it is. It's really all it is. It's all it is. And And it's so fun. Someone at some point said we should call this thing cornhole. There's a hole. There's not corn to my knowledge. I mean, there's bean bags. Are they filled with corn? Maybe, maybe that was the secret all along, Kirk. Maybe it's just corn kernels in there. Not beans. Right back. I gotta go cut open. (laughs) Not rice, not beans, nothing. Uh, anyway, so happy Memorial day. Hopefully you got the day off to, uh, to celebrate. And we had a good three day weekend. We started our three day weekend on Friday night at an event that we talked about last week on the stream. So I wanted to give a recap of that. Uh, the cinema St. Louis, I love movies trivia night, 18th annual, 18 years. They've been running this thing. This was their first time back since the pandemic. And, uh, we were lucky enough to be invited by, by a team of highly qualified participants who've been been a part of this thing for a long time and I I sort of theorized last last show that we would sort of be the bench warmers on this team on, on that team and I think that that ended up being the case but our team won Kirk let's Boom. let's hold on hold on let me throw this up on the screen cuz we got to get a look at this team this is this is this is the this is what champions look like this is what greatness looks like right here um one sec let me pull it up this is our team. I'm not going to share uh, their Just names some because casual movie lovers. <laughs> I don't some know how casual many casual movie lovers. That's right. I don't know how many of them would want to be mentioned on the podcast or the stream. So I'm going to I'm going to keep their anonymity intact. But this is our team right here. This is victory. This is us. Uh, 
minus one person who who took off, but before we got the picture, before we had the idea to have the picture, so right. it's not the full team. But man, this was a team effort. Uh, Kirk and I, we we tried to pull our weight the best we could. I think I think we uh, we did okay. Kirk, how would you how would you uh, rate yourself and and me? Oh man, oh, on a man. scale well, of ten, of all, kernels. <laughs> if, if you, oh no, I, I want to talk about this picture real quick and and the uniformity. This team was so collaborative, and I think every single one of us comes from all different walks of life. To describe to you this picture, if you're only listening, there are three people in blue shirts and four people in black shirts, and we have perfectly spaced this picture out. That's how uh, just uh, un you know just telepathically we knew where we needed to stand to make this fully even and that's what this team was it was fully even it was i think cam and i came in with some some big uh obscure hitters uh, and some some more some newer answers yes. and then you had some experts uh with just a, a vast wisdom oh of my gosh. movie history and film history and Incredible. cinema history that they came in and they just knew these crazy things and these crazy connections that we would have thought that we would love to value ourselves on. And I think one day we will get there. And this is where we vow, we vow to never sleep again, to watch every movie ever made in history. Yeah, we, were, we were talking before it. You really do need a team that's well-rounded because there are so many, like film is such a ginormous category. Like you would think that you, you might think that a film, like a trivia night based on one topic of questions would be somewhat easy, but, but film like, is enormous. Like you, yes. like I, I've seen over a thousand movies. I know Kirk's at the same point. I, I mean, that's just what I have tracked in letterbox. I'm sure I've seen even more than that, but even, even if you've seen 2000, 3000 movies, there are still so many things, so many gaps that you could have in your knowledge base. Um, you know, it's, it's just such a massive category. So I feel like it, it honestly went as well as I could have thought it would go. Like we, I feel most confident in the last 20 years of movies, like last 20 to 25 years. And when those questions came up, I felt like you and I had the answer. There was a Marvel category. Thank God. Um, (laughs) We crushed that 10 for 10. We We only missed our team only missed three points on the night, which is like, I've been to a lot of trivia nights. That that is far and away the most dominant performance I've ever been a part of. My teams usually don't place. Um, So that was awesome, but it was just, you know, it was a great time. Good vibes, great group. Um, really sharp people know lots about movies and we learned a ton from them and had a blast. Yep. I rate, I'm not going to rate ourselves. I'm going to rate our team. Cause that's what it came down to. No individual effort. It came down to, we were a 9.7 out of 10 kernels because we got 97, 97 out of a hundred points. points. Good point. That's right. Um, yeah, it was good. It was good though. I will always, I will, I will always be haunted by the one point that I cost our team. Um, <laughs> Because it was about Night at the Museum, a movie that I've seen many times in my youth, mm-hmm. and I forgot the name of the dinosaur. I just assumed, like, the T-Rex at the Field Museum is named Sue, and so mm-hmm. as soon as they said, what's the name of the dinosaur from Night at the Museum, I was like, it's Sue. It's Sue. It's got to be. I didn't even think twice, and then I realized that they called the dinosaur Rexy, and man haunted right haunted but well, it's all I'm good I'm slightly haunted not entirely because this movie was so obscure that one of the items that I assisted with was a movie with Jessica Chastain and it had haunting involved in it and I said oh that has to be the crimson something and we we talked it around the table it was almost like telephone at times because it was kind of loud at at times and it turned out to be crimson peak was our answer and the answer was actually mama mama I'm like mama what and sure enough they threw the the image up there and I was, I've never heard or seen of that. So 
None of we our ta- you shouldn't feel bad about it because our table would have never come up with that answer. It is an obscure right. movie, and I remember seeing the trailer for it, and even even knowing what the movie was, I never would have pinned. I never would have pinned that Jessica Chastain was in it. I never would have come right. up with that because it's such a. She looks different in that movie, and it's such a weird movie. Uh, it's a horror movie, first of all, and it's just like way different. And that was the thing I learned. There was a whole Jessica Chastain category, and I feel like I've seen, you know, seventy five percent of her filmography. But right. she has done everything. Like she doesn't have that many credits, but her credits are like all over the board. It was so crazy to to see that in that in that category. I was I was amazed. But yeah, overall. Funny. I just I kept I kept wishing for like a really obscure piece of film knowledge that I don't <laughs> think anyone else knew or very few people like Jennifer Aniston's first on-screen debut was in Mac and Me yeah. in the the dance number like things like that I'm like please give that to me and of course that didn't happen but we got mama and we <laughs> so bravo to the writers yes. because, uh, of the good question writers because they were very difficult but not crazy difficult where no one scored I th- I think the lowest scoring team got above 70 points so, yeah yeah excellent job it was competitive it was good we we had a good time um so shout out again to cinema st louis like like i said they're a non-profit organization in the st louis area so if you're in the st louis area like i know many of our listeners are um get check them out they have memberships you can you can pay to be a member you can donate to them they're all about supporting the arts and supporting cinema and all the same things that we're about here um they just you know, they've been doing it for a long time and they do a great job. So cinemastlewis.org if you want to check out more about them and the events that they have, of which there are many. And some of them are, I mean, most of them are really cool. So be sure to check that out. But we had a great time. Maybe we'll get invited back next year. We'll see. We'll see. But I'm hoping that some Oops. of our some of our team members, uh, we're definitely going to stay in touch with them. And hopefully uh, we were already having conversations about maybe having a couple of them on the podcast here in the near future. So that could be a great time, but at the end of the day, I love movies trivia night, massive success. 2022, we got it. Thank All right. You. Next up, I I we you know, we always go back and forth about when to do like in memoriam type of things because we go back and forth on like that's not really what we try to talk about because we try to keep it light. We try to, you know provide an escape you know that's what i always want when i listen to a podcast it's just like i don't want to think about anything else that's going on i just want to like focus on the good stuff that's happening and be excited um but i felt like we couldn't not we couldn't go a whole podcast without mentioning ray liotta uh, because i know that you and i were such like personally you and i both were such big fans of his and it really it felt this was one that felt like a gut punch um Totally out of nowhere, 67 years old, and, and really, like, he's been in the prime of his career and, and at the peak of his powers since, you know, the 1990s, and so it's like, man, you just know that he had so much more to give. I know that he was filming some things. I know that he was, I think he was filming something, uh, and he passed away in his sleep, like he was on location somewhere. That's right. So it's just like, man, you get robbed of of greatness you get robbed of more Ray Liotta I mean ever since Goodfellas um that performance obviously etched in the minds of so many cinephiles around the world um but also you know uh killing them softly and you know he had some really funny roles too like off the wall roles um and he just embraced all of it like I always think about his role in Marriage Story um yeah totally 
pretty different for him, but he just dominated it. Just dominated it. He's done some like really funny bit parts and like Muppets Most Wanted and stuff like that. So he just he's a guy who like really didn't say he just enjoyed it. You know, you could just tell there was a ton of of life and and he just really was having fun with everything that he was doing. And it just, it continues to suck that he was going to be doing so many more things um, and was just taken too soon. But remembering Ray Liotta today for sure, Kirk, any thoughts? Yeah. I mean, if you haven't seen Goodfellas, I mean, treat yourself to such a spectacular, well-constructed Scorsese film. Ray Liotta deserves all the accolades for that film because he is so charismatic and just carries that through line so well. He is just this wild, untamable energy that he, he just forces in there. Uh, and of if you've ever sent like a laughing gif on your phone and you don't know who Ray Liotta is off the top of your head, you likely found the gif <laughs> of Ray Liotta laughing. Goodfellas.gif, goodfellas.gif, every time, that's me, every time. I mean, there's probably 45 within the past month of Cam sending that to me. Uh, it's so good, it's so good. I, like you said, he, you know, not taking himself too seriously, but always having fun, yes. I think was critical. Like, I was looking at his filmography and Wild Hogs is in there, you know, yes, with Tim right? Allen. Exactly, uh, exactly. He was a played a principal on Hannah Montana and this man has done work with the best of the best and says, Hey, that looks like a fun role. I'm going to take that and I'm going to have a fun time with it. Emmy winning performance for his, uh, basically his, his, uh, at time death, uh, on ER many years ago. Like this man was so wonderful. It is a tragedy that he was gone too soon. Uh, yeah, four, four or five films in production or filming in various states died on location in the Dominican Republic uh, while filming Dangerous Waters. So we just wish the best to his family uh, and the best for these productions to figure out a way to honor him and, and keep moving forward with their projects. And most of all, we will miss you, Ray Liotta. Yes, absolutely. Uh, well said, Kirk. Obviously gone, uh, never forgotten. So glad. Um, that, that is the one nice thing when it comes to film is like whenever we lose legends, we always have their art, you know, we always have yes. it to go back and revisit. And I love that. Um, so yeah, definitely pouring one out for Ray Liotta this week. Definitely going to go back and revisit some of his greatest hits. It's, you know, something that helps. It's like a really nice melancholy kind of honoring of, of a person who's lost like, to go back and watch their movies. I remember doing it, uh, when Philip Seymour Hoffman died, I've done it quite a few times since then. It's just, it, it helps helps the process, but yeah, definitely thoughts and prayers out to his friends and family and all those he was working with and has worked with who were obviously um, close to him. So it's a tough one. It's a tough one. Um, but there is no, there's never any way to segue out of that, by the way, <laughs> anytime there's you not. have to do like an in memoriam, there's no easy way to do it. So we're just gonna, we're just going to keep powering through here. Um, we have a ton of movie and TV news to talk about, uh, this week, this past week, um, the releases that we got were heavy hitters. And so we're going to talk about the two big streaming releases, which, I mean, I can't remember a day in the last couple of years, like May 27th, when you get Obi-Wan Kenobi, which is probably the most anticipated television show of this year, new show, and Stranger Things returning after a super long, um, partially COVID-induced hiatus Yes. Plus you get Top Gun Maverick in theaters, which we'll be reviewing later this week, but we're not going to talk about it tonight. We're going to review it later this week, drop it on Thursday. So stay tuned for that. Um, yeah, I mean, it's just a huge week of releases. So we're going to, we are going to make time in the show to talk about Obi-Wan Kenobi and Stranger Things 4. Um, 
No, we're not going to spoil anything. I don't think. Um, I'm going to tell all the secrets. Yeah, I have to be careful when I say that because the Obi Wan thing, like, we could probably talk about it without. We used yeah, to do, do spoiler it. free reviews. We used to do spoiler free everything. The talent to do this for this little chat. Yeah, I think we can do it, and definitely with Stranger Things. I mean, to be honest, I'm only two episodes in anyway because the, every episode is like longer than an hour. They're all like an hour fifteen, an hour thirty, and then the ones at the end are like two hours long. So, right, um, it's it's a bit of a haul. It's not like your typical binge. So I've watched two episodes. Feels like three, um, but we'll certainly talk about it without spoiling. Um, and then Star Wars, man. We're going to get into it, but if, if there was a flavor of the month like Baskin-Robbins for May, uh, Star Wars is definitely the flavor of the month because the news is just flying through. They had their big Star Wars celebration, so we're going to get into all of that. Plus some casting news on True Detective, which is crazy. Didn't see that coming and a bunch of other stuff. So we got no time to lose, Kirk. With your permission, let's pop it up. Permission granted. All right, Kirk. I want to start with Obi Wan. I want to start with Obi Wan Kenobi. Oh my goodness! I'm so glad <laughs> you were so Idiot. ready for that. That scared me. I'm not gonna lie. This that is, did scare me. I, this I is jumped. why we started late to the podcast today. Because <laughs> Kirk was was digging through all of his belongings to find his lightsaber. I respect it. This is why Kirk Kirk was like, "Hey, I'm I'm trying as fast as I can to get on here." Really, he was just digging <laughs> digging through toy bins to try to find the Obi Wan. Um, lightsaber, but I, I do want to talk about Obi-Wan Kenobi because he's my favorite Star Wars character ever. Uh, hands down. I Kirk, where are you at on that? Is he Has top to five or is he number one? He, I would say he's number two because Ooh. I am a sucker for a, pro, for a protagonist. I love Luke more you than You love anything. Luke. Okay. I love Luke and Obi-Wan is right behind him. Right yes. behind him. Yeah, that's a good call. I mean, I, I've always loved Obi-Wan. I especially love the Ewan McGregor and I'm just like, we have been asking for this since episode three. Like legitimately, it has been talked about, not necessarily a show because I don't think our our young minds were able to comprehend such a thing as streaming and everything that came uh, shortly after Revenge of the Sith. But I mean, certainly a movie. We always wanted Ewan to get another crack at this character to tell the story of the in-between between three and what's now called Star Wars Episode Four: um, A New Hope, and this is it. We're we're here after after you know 15 years or so. Ewan gets another crack at it. It feels like to me, emotionally, it feels kind of like vindication for the prequels, um, which I I loved growing up. I mean, those movies were released when we were quite young, and I, I love it. There, I don't know if you've seen this, Kirk, but there's this clip of Freddie Prince Jr. Um, talking because he was a voice on i believe star wars rebels okay uh, i can't remember it's one of the animated shows he was a voice and he did this great uh people were asking him about like the sequels the prequels the originals like where does he stand on all of that and he gives this great i'll have to share it sometime this great conversation about like people didn't like the prequels when they were released well guess what it was released for the kids and the sequels that got released recently they're not for you i mean in a way they are but they're really for the kids like star wars has always been about the kids it's about unlocking imagination and it has to relate to the current generation that's coming up and so even though those and i don't know how you feel about this kirk but even though those prequels were critically panned to me those movies are still like so close to my heart because i watched them over and over and over and over again as a kid 
and like Ewan McGregor is my Obi-Wan and and uh, Hayden Christensen I mean like I know people just laugh at those performances but now he's back and I'm just so glad that it's like making my heart so full that they're back and able to do this um, and we got the first two episodes of Kenobi to show for it so how do you feel about that Kirk how do you feel about Obi-Wan Kenobi how are you feeling about revisiting uh, some characters that were uh, only seen in the prequels oh man I feel so great about it I think that my favorite thing about this this news cycle about this is that Ewan McGregor actually has audio tapes uh, downloaded to his phone or in his house that he has been listening about of Sir Alec Guinness uh, in, in just throughout his life and career. So you get speech patterns uh, that, that Obi-Wan yes. is known for in Star Wars and that uh, that Ewan McGregor has tried to re- 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 I'm sorry, uh, do it again and, and emulate that. So I'm so, so thankful that we were given such a, an incredible actor to carry the weight of this role. Had we not, this role wouldn't be as significant yes. and it wouldn't be as powerful to come back. Uh, we've talked about speculation about this for a long time. Uh, that we were hoping that the Obi-Wan series would be exactly what we're getting. And episode one and two are available now on Disney Plus, and it's exactly what people are hoping for. Yeah, I'm so glad you brought up the thing about Alec Guinness. First of all, Alec Guinness, GOAT status. Like, only actor to ever win an Academy Award for acting in a Star Wars movie. Uh, He won it for for his portrayal of Obi-Wan Kenobi, or Ben Kenobi, as he was known in A New Hope. Uh, big time and, and a really iconic performance and I just love how you can tell that Ewan took the time and he did it in the prequels too you know he really did try to make himself a young Alec Guinness like he actually took time to to make sure that that was a natural tra- transition in the minds of the viewer and now that he's a little bit older you know he's he's a 10 years more seasoned uh, Obi-Wan Kenobi in transition of becoming Ben Kenobi old man Ben you know uh, he's he's morphed it even more to where it really is in this in-between state of being him, his old Obi-Wan Kenobi, and Alec Guinness's Obi-Wan Kenobi, and it's incredible. And I think, you know, we all saw the trailers, and we watched them intently. We, we, we picked up at all the little things about the, the Inquisitors and, and, and uh, Reva and, and all of these characters that they're throwing in. Um, but <laughs> through the first two episodes, and I'm not going to spoil it, the main plot is something that is a total left hook. I I mean, I think they totally kept it secret. I didn't, I wasn't like, I was trying to avoid leaks and stuff like that, but it seems to me they kept it secret and it's kind of a huge thing that they're trying to pull off here. And honestly, through the first two episodes of six, it's working really well. And I feel like what they're setting up it has potential to be really, really epic. Yeah, it really does. And there's there's still mystery around it. Like there's yes. all of these ideas of speculation that while you're watching, like, are they going to do this? And then sometimes they give your answer right away. And then other times they pull back just a little bit, yes. but not like far fetched, not like throwing like 18 different storylines at you. It's pretty concise and it's very engaging. Every shot is intentional. And that's what's key about this. Um, speaking of for the kids, there are there are moments in this. This doesn't give anything away, but there's a moment in here where you have uh, a character who has a, a piece of technology that they're obsessed with. And it's like, hey, stop playing with that. Kind of like someone playing with their phone like kids today. <laughs> or like Tamagotchi's back in the day. Tamagotchi! <laughs> 
And I think that's so great. As you said, it's for the kids. It really is because to bring this wonderment to remind people of use your imagination, think about crazy situations, imagine being somewhere else. But guess what? You can still uh, apply that to real life. So uh, the, the connections and the illusions they make are so rich and so exciting. This show is off to a great start. I agree. I'm very excited about what's to come. I, I have always hated that it's only six episodes. I've been saying that ever since they announced it because I just like I'm I'm jealous. I I, I want to selfishly and jealously grab all of the Obi Wan Kenobi content that I can. Um, so it's sad that we're already a third of the way through, and I, I just feel like there's so much there. But I'm excited. Also, last bit because you know I'm a movie nut or, or music nut, I should say, um, yeah. when it comes to the music. The in- incredible Natalie Holt who did the music for. Loki is the one scoring this. They've sort of, for these new shows, they they go with different composers, not just John Williams, but John Williams specifically asked if he could compose a theme for Obi-Wan Kenobi because it's the one character he he wanted, he never got to write a theme for him. Obi-Wan never had his own theme in the original movies and things like that. And Natalie Holt is doing an awesome job on the music. So obviously, like, I'm not taking anything away from her. In fact, I think her everything that she's done in the show is incredible too but for me i am so in love with john williams theme for obi-wan kenobi the character because it is first of all gorgeous and intelligent as as it always is always very thoughtful with john williams but the fact that there are uh melodic lines in there that closely mirror the main star wars theme just tells you how he feels obi-wan kenobi fits into star wars it's like it's like he is the Star Wars character. Like he's almost, I mean, he's almost the main character in a way. Um, and I just thought that was so awesome. So that theme is awesome. All the music by Natalie Holt is awesome. Um, Deborah Chow, amazing job directing and show running this thing so far. I'm very excited for more. Very excited. It's incredible. It's incredible. It's like being a kid again. It really is. <laughs> it really is. All right. But I want to talk about the other Star Wars stuff because Kenobi isn't the only thing that was grabbing headlines last week as it relates to Star Wars. Um, there are a ton of things happening. So Star Wars has a convention similar to how like Star Trek or these other massive fandoms do. They have a convention called Star Wars Celebration. They have it annually. This year they had it in Anaheim and it just wrapped up last week. During that event, um, lots of new stuff comes to the forefront, lots of new news. It's kind of like when Disney does their D23 Expo or when there's Comic-Con in San Diego. Like, There's always news that they want to share with their most diehard fans. So I want to go through and recap some of these big stories that came out of Star Wars Celebration, even after all of the big news that came out in the Vanity Fair article prior to Kenobi uh, last week. So let's get into it a little bit here. First of all is a show that for a long time has been on the docket, but we hadn't really seen much of. And we we kept hearing it's coming this year, it's coming this year, and we're like, what is going on? And that's Andor. So I'm gonna throw the trailer on the screen here. Um, For Andor, uh, this trailer, man, it's epic. I mean, I I don't know what to expect because, so it's based on Cassian Andor, which for those of you who are not not as close to to all of this as, as we stay, um, is a Rogue One character. And spoiler alert on Rogue One, everyone dies. That's sort of like the main thing about that movie. So this is more about casting Andor that we didn't really get to experience in Rogue One. So many awesome characters get introduced in that movie, but 
we don't get much about like where they came from. There's so much allusion to their history and, and, and what they're about, but we don't get to see the full story. So this show um, Andor is meant to be that it's meant to bridge that gap and, and tell us what they know. But there are some really cool things in here. Um, first of all, clone troopers and clone starships. This is like pre, this is also in that same area. Like I think it's around the same time as Kenobi, they take place at similar times. Um, mm-hmm. So it's like not fully ramped up Empire, but they're getting there. It's like that transition from after episode three into um, Star Wars A New Hope. And yeah, Stellan Skarsgård's in this thing. The cast looks great. The uh, production looks awesome. The music is really good. Kirk, what did you think of this trailer? Oh my goodness. The music drew me in so much. I know that you are often listening for that on the the very first moment. That's what got me on this when he's in that tower and he's banging that thing. It's like signaling to the town, whatever it may be like, hey, morning, get up, go to work, make this town work. Um, Hey, get up. (laughs) We're under attack. You know, whatever that might be. I'm very interested in how that plays out. Um, I'm just I'm just so crazy about this series as well because Rogue One was such a surprise and I really want to see in, in this uh, a lot of our of our main characters come back of uh, a lot of our main actors from Rogue One appear even if it's glimpses even if it's they accidentally brush against uh, the other characters um, because we we meet them on their journey a little bit later but I want to see Donnie Yen get blinded in, in this before we meet him a little bit later and yeah. have nothing to do, uh, maybe by accident, by one of the other events. I want to see uh, Felicity Jones walking around and buying something in the market and then and then going and like beating someone up and like saving a, a small child. <laughs> These are the things that I'm looking forward to seeing this and to see how it integrates in, in, in the bigger picture uh, of the Death Star and the entire Star Wars universe. Yeah, Rogue One is so interesting and you want so much more of it because and it, it's so rare because it's the it's one of those things that is universally loved among the Star Wars fandom which is few and far between there really are not many of those things anymore you know it's like Empire Strikes Back and Rogue One like those are the things that everybody agrees like yes this is awesome um, this is good Star Wars content and with Rogue One being the first spin-off it was a surprise to your point that it was so well received and so well executed especially considering we felt like this was the only time we were going to see these characters but this show shows us and is going to show us how they can continue to tap into these characters at different points along the timeline and Diego Luna is one of the most underrated actors out there right now I don't know how this guy doesn't isn't a massive superstar um, because I think everything that he does is pretty much incredible so this this has me very hyped very hyped and the trailer definitely backed that up i mean they must have just given it given him a retainer and said hey listen we're not ready to do that show yet but yeah. we will bring you back we know we just killed you off like i think as soon as they they wrap production they must have because yeah he's got a whole bunch of credits but not nearly enough as he should uh, at this point in his career it's kind of crazy um, or he maybe he's just careful i don't know but it's it's incredible that he's coming back to this show as well What's also crazy is that they announced that it's already been confirmed for a season two, a 12 episode season two. So they're pouring a ton of screen time into this story and these characters. And the expectation is that it's going to lead up to Rogue One, that the events of this 
show whether I, I and i don't know if they were it was kind of cryptic like i couldn't tell if they were saying that just season one was going to lead up to rogue one it seems like it would have to be the whole show like when the show reaches finality it would be like boom here's where you left him and here's where you pick him up in rogue one um so that that has major potential and i'm i'm very excited about it um it premieres on disney plus august 31st so really not too far away we're only a couple months away um, some other big stories, and I want to go through these kind of quickly. The John Watts uh, Star Wars series that we've been hearing so much about, you know, that it's coming. And it's part of the reason that he's um, out on Fantastic Four is that he's, wor- he's worked on this and he's trying to kind of like dip his toes into different waters. But his series now has a title, <laughs> finally, and it is Star Wars Skeleton Crew. Um, and really interesting, Jude Law. Jude Law is going to be starring in this one, um, which definitely caught me by surprise, but in, in all the right ways. But what's interesting is that this show is has always been, dis- or has been described as of, you know, last week when we finally started hearing details as like this sort of Spielberg coming of age <laughs> type of, of show. Um, but the first character that we hear named is Jude Law, which is kind of interesting because he's, you know, he's not like a 10 year old kid or something. So it'll be interesting to see what this is. Um, no real details outside of the, you know, that bit I told you about Spielberg coming of age story. And they said it's the story will follow a group of kids that are around the age of like 10 years old. Think ET, right? Um, but it's not a kid's show. They were specific to say that it's not a kid's show. So Knowing that, Kirk, and knowing that Jude Law is involved in this somehow, um, how are you feeling about this show? I mean, obviously details are sparse, but just where's your head at? Yeah, this is Stranger Things in the Star Wars universe. We're going to get brutal. We're going to get big laughs. laughs. We're going to get Stand By Me-esque stuff going on in here. Um, And I think that this could be really cool. We've Again, we don't know anything about this, but we've often talked about how great it was to see at the end of Force Awakens, the kid moves the broom with with his Jedi hand. And it's like, maybe this happens there. Like, let's see the next generation. Oh yeah. The last Jedi. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, the last Jedi. Uh, Let's see the next, the next generation of them rising up. That'd be a great place to start because that was always a fascinating shot, a fascinating moment. Yes. And then we really didn't get a lot of that in rise of Skywalker. So if this starts there, I, my mind will be blown and I will know that every single Hollywood studio and government entity and big bank is listening to every conversation I have and yes. has a chip in my head already. So, and I'm fine with that because if this is what I get <laughs> as a result, I'm here for it. Well, I would love to see more exploration of the force. Like, like you're alluding to Kirk, like with the last Jedi, that was such a tantalizing final scene in that movie and then they don't touch it again in rise of skywalker you're like what like what was the point of that um but there is this idea that there have to be all these other you know the force is an entity of its own it it sort of keeps balance and decides how things go it's there are obviously other force sensitive people out there whether you know jedi are sort of extinct by the end of um return of the Jedi, which is when this show is supposed to come around. So it'll be interesting to see if this show delves into that or if they go more into like civilians, you know, <laughs> like what is it like to be a civilian in the star Wars universe? What is it like to be a kid living in the outer rim or something like that? Like what's kind of crazy stories and antics come up, which I think could be cool too, to kind of ground things. So, um, 
definitely licking my lips on this one. I, I, I can't wait to see what they come up with. And I mean, you have Jude Law. I mean, there's nothing yes. that can go wrong with this role. He's, it, I mean, he is not, he's not your straight laced actor. He's not your A-list actor no. anymore like he was when he first, you know, came in. But he has really shaped himself up to be like, I'm here to create some really cool and interesting things yes. that you're going to remember for the rest of your life. And that's exactly what we want in Star Wars. So super pumped that he's part of this project. Yeah, same here. Um, it's it's exciting. And so, so some of the other things coming out of Star Wars Celebration that I do want to touch on real quick. Um, we have a release window for The Mandalorian Season 3. Uh, a lot of people were expecting sort of like end of this year, but it's actually going to be February of 2023. They did apparently show a trailer for it at the Star Wars Celebration. So that tells me that there is a trailer out there. Um, and it's probably only a matter of a couple of weeks before we get eyes on it as the layman's here in the, <laughs> that weren't at Star Wars Celebration. But the, apparently the, the trailer, one detail um, that I can remember from reading the flurry of tweets that we're going through about it is that Din Djarin is returning to Mandalore to ask for basically forgiveness of his transgressions against the Mandalorian way of life, taking off his helmet. Um, some of the things that we saw in Book of Boba Fett uh, that kind of put him on the bad side of the Mandalorians. He's going to look him and Grogu are going to go try to make amends there. So that's an interesting plot detail. They did say Bo-Katan will be back, which we knew we'd want more of that. Um, and that season four is in the works with Jon Favreau already writing it. So the Mandal, I mean, when you get to that season three, season four era, like this is establishment premium TV that we're talking about at that point. Like this, this thing is, this story has a lot to tell apparently. And, um, I love what they've done so far. So I'm excited about that. Can you imagine being John Favreau? Like, you know, you have a creative idea and it, it hits, I mean, it, it like gangbusters, like this, yes. is, this is the greatest thing. This changes the scope of film. This is wonderful. Let's create a whole new genre. And then they're like, Hey, can you do that again? And he's like, uh, yeah and he goes into his his home and he, he locks all the doors and he just writes and writes and writes and writes and doing that over and over and over and over again the stakes are so high for him man yeah. and somehow he continues to deliver so shout out to john favreau yes. like you are incredible well i mean coming up with an idea for grogu i mean holy crap talk absolutely. about absolutely that's probably a billion dollar idea like i'm i'm, I'm not trying to like I'd be hyperbolous here. Like it literally, I, I can't imagine how much money, like gross revenue that has driven for Disney with all of the Grogu merch, everything like making that show as popular as it is by dropping just that character at the end of episode one of the Mandalorian right. on the first day of Disney plus like, holy crap, that, that alone is, is such an insane thing. And, and the Mandalorian again, I, I only mentioned <laughs> empire strikes back and uh, uh, Rogue One earlier, but The Mandalorian has been really well received. I, I know that people have had some gripes with Book of Boba Fett in terms of like, it's a show about Boba Fett or it's called Boba Fett and the last two episodes get hijacked by The Mandalorian. But I think if you're a Star Wars fan, you're just like, I don't care what it's called. These are stories that I want told and this is super fun. At least that's how I felt. Um, so more Mandalorian is a good thing. More Mandalorian is a good you. thing. 
it's honestly i mean if they i mean if they didn't have him at all in the show then it would be like well wh- why is it called the boba fett the book of boba fett yeah but really it's showing you how these worlds interconnect and how great and ha- how their lives are affected by each other that they're, that they're the same world so if you're you know throwing shade at that get out of here like we don't want to hear it well i know people no. didn't like like all of the time in the tuscan tuscan raider camp which i have to say i actually really liked it and a lot yeah. of people griped about boba fett going from like killer instinct mercenary crazy like bad guy to i'm super nice i don't kill people i'm the drug lord who is like i'm the i'm like the robin hood drug lord here just trying to help the (laughs) the streets but i actually thought that worked like i thought that that story worked and and of course star wars doesn't want one of their most valuable characters to be pure evil um but he's he's not pure good either he really is just he had a bit of a spiritual awakening when he came out of the the sarlacc pit and i think that that's fine i don't know I i think people get uptight about the wrong things Big life moments change the trajectory of your life, which is exactly what they lined up with Boba Fett. I mean, if you can't follow that story, then you shouldn't be watching and you are forbidden from your <laughs> opinion. Wow. That's intense. That's intense. Let me turn on my lightsaber while I yeah, say Yeah, that. that's right. Th- be really did, threatening um, about it. <laughs> just say anything bad about the book of Boba Fett. I will find you. Oh, that's boy. Yeah, that's a, that's a sore subject for Kirk. He's, he's going to get after you. Um, Last couple things from Star Wars Celebration, real quick. There is a new animated show coming this year from Dave Filoni. So for all of you who love all the Star Wars TV content, love the Clone Wars, love Rebels, Dave Filoni is the guy. Him and John Favreau are the two geniuses running the whole... You know, they're the Kevin Feige's keeping everything in line here. I mean, Kathleen Kennedy, obviously, at the top of Lucasfilm, but when it comes to like creative direction of the shows, those two guys are... Um, doing amazing things and he has a new show called tales of the jedi coming out which sounds almost what if like in nature in the sense that it's a it's a tv show that has a series of disconnected sort of stories so they said there's going to be stories about qui-gon jinn where liam neeson will actually be returning to play the voice of qui-gon jinn and his son will play the voice of young qui-gon jinn which is just really cool as a dad like that would be a cool thing to experience um, they're going to dive more into Ahsoka, which I know people love that character. I love that character deeply. Um, going all the way back to when she was a child, showing her mother. There's going to be at least three episodes on that. And they're going to have episodes. This is what I'm really excited about. Count Dooku. When Count Dooku was a Jedi working under Mace Windu. And remember, Yoda was his master and he was Yoda's right. Padawan. Um, they're going to go back. So there was a, a piece of concept art with Count Dooku wearing Jedi robes. Um, blue lightsaber, the whole thing um, has potential to be really, really cool. So Tales of the Jedi comes out, I believe, late fall of this year, and that's going to be that's going to be must watch. Bring it on! And finally, we got a new trailer for the Bad Batch season two. So again, Clone Wars and Rebels fans rejoice! Uh, the Bad Batch. I know the first season was well received. To be honest, I started my rewatch of Clone Wars to prepare for Bad Batch and then never finished it. So I'm still trying to finish that before I go into it, but I'm excited about it. And Star Wars Visions, which is the anime series, like the series of anime shorts that they had, um, which was freaking awesome. If you're like not into anime or not into animated content, um, start there. (laughs) I feel like that 
I'm not like a huge anime fan, but I, I like the artwork and I like the genre. And Star Wars Visions was really sick. So they're doing a season two of that, and I think that's a good thing. And if you have if you seriously if you haven't tried it, I I think you should because it's it's really fun. Really, really fun. Alright. I think that's it. I think that's it for it Star is. Wars celebration. And if they could just pause on Star Wars news for a little bit, that would be great. Because it's uh it's, it's a lot right now. Because we need to process all of those things and make sure we don't like lose sight of ourselves and go on a destructive yes. path like Boba Fett did and he decided <laughs> to change into a Zen master. Need I say more? Uh, no, you don't need to say more. But Fire my missile I, from my Millennium Falcon <laughs> into the camera. Nice. Oh, that was a good effect. That's going to that's gonna be really good. Uh, it's not good radio, but it's great YouTube. Thank um, you. <laughs> I will say, though, as the last thing to wrap this up, as a Star Wars fan, I feel like the outlook is as good as it has been in my life for Star Wars content. Like, I feel very confident in a lot of the TV show content that they've spun out. Obi-Wan Kenobi looks really good so far. I really liked Book of Boba Fett. I love The Mandalorian. So this makes me feel really good about Andor, about Ahsoka, about all the shows to come, all the animated stuff. Like, I am... With no movies in the immediate pipeline for Star Wars, I have to say I'm, I'm as excited as I've ever been about uh, this world. Same deal. Same deal. I, I can't fathom how they put all these pieces together, but I'm so glad the creative minds came together. Thank you so much. And just a reminder, we are available. We are available anytime to come help oh, you with Kirk. anything you want or just be on set. Whatever you want. Shame, shamelessly plugging. We will happily just be there. Yeah, I'm also eyes. available if anybody wants to give me a billion dollars. Uh, yeah. Always available for that. Um, always available for, you know, anybody who wants to pay me to do nothing. That would be good too. Yeah. Yeah. Are, are, are you... Are you shaming my hyperbolous dream? Well, I have to say, on the Star Wars, I'm sense? not shaming it, but I'm just saying, like, you're always on that train, man. You're, I am, and I, I respect the hustle. I do, <laughs> but I don't have enough confidence in our abilities. I'm glad that you do. I'm glad that like you're the one who's like, we we could take this. We could be John Favreau and Dave Filoni. I don't necessarily feel that way, um, but you do, and I, I love you for that. So. We will be one day. Trust me, my friend. <laughs> we're not even trying to go down that path. We're just trying to podcast. It's not like we're writing scripts in our, our free time, writing Star Wars scripts. Unless you are. Are you holding out on me, Kirk? That is confidential information. <laughs> there it is. There it is. All right. Let's move on um, to the other big release of last week. Stranger Things. Four. Stranger Things four. Um Wow, it has been a long time since we have been in Hawkins. It has been a long time, and um, this season, we're, we're not going to despoil anything. We're just going to talk about it, because I'm only two episodes in. They dropped seven, so they're doing this thing with this really annoying things that people are doing right now, where it's like, well, and by people, I mean Netflix. <laughs> they're doing season four. They did this with Ozark, too. Season four, volume one, or whatever, part one, and then they'll do a part two on July 1st. Um Really what they should do is just go to the week to week. Just give it up. Go week to week like everybody else. So because what they want is the community engagement. And what I've already seen is Netflix spoiling its own show three days after it's been released because yes. different people are at different points. And I'm like, if you want to communicate with people and you want people to have conversations about your content on social media, post it an episode at a time like The Mandalorian, like WandaVision, the stuff that Disney Plus is doing, the stuff that HBO does, 
and you will get that. I don't understand. Um, anywho, the first seven episodes of Stranger Things 4 are out. They are long. <laughs> they are very long. They're all like an hour 20, uh, hour 15, and then some of them are like super long at the end. But, Kirk, I want to get initial thoughts on the return to Hawkins, your thoughts on season four, obviously spoiler-free, um, and, and I'll give my thoughts and we'll kind of go from there. Spoiler-free, Stranger Things 4 opens up and it is the same crew that you've always known and loved. And they do this incredible thing where when a season of any TV show ever made adds a new character, you're like, oh, great. Now I got to learn how this person <laughs> ticks. But what I don't, whatever formula that, that the Duffer brothers are using they always kill it because we are introduced immediately to a new character and I was I rolled my eyes immediately and I said oh this is where they derail and then three minutes later I'm like don't you dare get rid of that person you're <laughs> like, like I would die for that person <laughs> that's, right. that's right and they did it three times in the first two episodes and I'm telling you every one of those people I would have gladly see into the final season season five I hope they make it but as we know with Stranger Things 4 or any of the seasons who who knows they're, they have a, they're on a limited timeline. Uh, it's dark. It is dark. Darker than ever. Yes. Um, but that's kind of what you come for for Stranger Things. Like, you come for some a world that you were not a part of. Yes. Uh, or I hope that no one is a part of this world. I mean, uh, I dabble are... in it. Let's be honest. I, I dabble in the upside <laughs> down here and there. Oh, is that what that dark portal is behind <laughs> that's what you? It is, is yeah. That... You see oh, any, like, yeah. dark little ash crystal things floating around me? That's that. Ah, yes. Yes, yes. Is your nose bleeding as well there, Cam? I see a little little drip drip, yeah, drip there. Yeah, that's right. I see. Yeah, it it is um, it is good to be back. It is darker than ever. I, I have to say, and I posted this in Discord today, I don't know. Um, how is this TV 14? I, no. I, I am not like... I'm genuinely asking. I, I, I know I'm, I'm closer to the ratings when it comes to movies. I can pretty much, like, I know the requirements for being R versus PG-13, and those things change over time, et cetera. You know, how many times you can use the F word, what context you can use it in, et cetera. But the, the gore and horror elements that they have going on this season, and I'm, I'm two episodes in, mind you, I'm sitting here going, how is this TV-14? How is it? I genuinely don't know. And they, they had stuff in the previous seasons. I, I asked the same question. But this season especially, um, I don't understand it. I, I don't care about it because I, I watch things that are TVMA that are hardcore. But like, I think about the things that they couldn't show in The Walking Dead. And I'm like, but look what they're doing here. <laughs> how, right. how is that allowed? Right. I mean, it makes no sense. My mind was blown when you when you reminded us that yeah. it was TV fourteen. Netflix pretty much only releases things that are TVMA. So yeah. the fact that this is still at least this season or maybe different seasons are TV fourteen and TVMA. I mean, you're close to like an NC seventeen rating on this just for uh, thematic, like not really, but it's just very intense. Um, m way more than TV fourteen. Uh, you know, some people were, were freaking out about the Doctor Strange in the multiverse, the violence, the horror factors. And I'm like, dude, that's child's play. <laughs> like, yeah, that, yeah. That's yeah. TV 14 to me. This, this is more. And if you like that sort of thing, it's great for you. And if you don't, stay away. But you're, you're spot on right there with the rating. Can I be honest? Like, I, I always try to, I, I tend to be decently tough these days. You know, I'm a grown adult, so yeah. I don't get spooked by much. But I watched episode two like late into the night on Saturday night 
and I had a difficult time going to sleep. Like, just being totally honest, I was a little bit spooked. And um, yeah, it was funny because I, you know, I don't, I don't really find myself in that position too often these days. With with the number of movies I've watched, the number of scary movies I've watched, etc. But there's something about those first two episodes that was just pretty chilling to me, honestly. Um, and yeah, it got to me. It got to me at 2 a.m. I was like, "Ooh, I don't, <laughs> I don't know. Mm-hmm. I don't know if I can handle it." Um, but I will yeah. say that overall, I'm enjoying what I'm seeing. I don't know what they're building to yet because I'm not through the first seven episodes. Um, but off to a good start. The performances have been good. I think the timeline gets a little foggy here because the kids look so much older. Oh yeah. Um, and obviously, like kids grow up really fast at that stage in life anyway. So. That kind of helps, you know, I have nephews who are like going through that phase of life, right? I mean, you and I both do, and yep. they change really quickly and they start to look like adults, like very fast. Um, so I, I'm like somewhat okay with it, but Will Byers looks like he's about 25 <laughs> years old. I mean, they, they're like, listen, man, we're doing the bowl cut because like, you're gonna look like a grown man if we don't. Um, it's interesting. And, and obviously, like, Nancy and Jonathan still being in high school is a preposterous thing. But it, it's nothing outside of the realm of what we've seen in TV before, uh, One Tree Hill the, the, and the like. Oh, yeah. um, but that notwithstanding, it's off to a good start. And I agree. They're doing some Russo Brothers type stuff with the way that they're balancing characters. It's very impressive. They're adding more characters to a cast that was already enormous and doing it with such ease. Um so I'm excited. I'm excited about where things are heading. I'm going to race through the last five episodes of Volume 1, Stranger Things 4, and be ready to go on July 1st when those other two episodes come out. It's going to be wild. It's going to be wild. All right, moving along. We do have some other stories we want to talk about that are not Stranger Things or Star Wars related. We're going to go through these quick. Um, the first one is True Detective. Uh, it's so funny. With COVID, some of these things have been delayed longer than they normally would and so they totally fall out of your brain entirely um and true detective was already a show where there was kind of a longer ish lapse in between seasons because they're always like changing the cast they're writing a totally different story well true detective season four is on the way from hbo and jody foster has been cast in the lead role um i don't know why every time they cast somebody i fall out of my chair like for true detective um, season two, the casting, I was like, they did what? Rachel McAdams? Uh, like yeah. the whole thing caught me off guard. And that season, unfortunately, was awful. Um, season three, which I think I really, really liked with Mahershala. I was like, Mahershala Ali, Academy Award winner. Um, two-time Academy Award winner. And now Jodie Foster, I could right. not believe it. And she is incredible and, and does amazing things. Still to this day, her abilities... You know, it's like Silence of the Lambs to now. The skill level is still there, if not heightened. And this role, like the idea of her being like a hard-nosed detective in a messed up crime, like a thick web of crime stories. Like I am so giddy about that because I know she's just going to kill it. Yeah. I mean, Jodie Foster, two-time Academy Award winner for... Uh, a couple of movies, Silence of the Lambs, and uh, it was either Nell or The Accused that she won for for her other. I just can't quite remember. And she 
absolutely deserves this role. When, yes. when you think of a cop, you think, yes, Jodie Foster can easily step into that role. And I'm sure it'll be played very different from uh, from her others. And it'll be very exciting. I, confession, have never watched True Detective. Oh, and I think it's time I start because I mean, there have been a, a great two great seasons, one in between. And I got to be caught up for when Jodie Foster steps in. Absolutely. And the other the other reason that this catches off guard is um, the fact that she really doesn't do a ton these days. You know, like if you look at her filmography, which I did the other day, um, The Mauritanian, which got some critical acclaim back in yeah. 2021. But before that, it was like nothing. She was in Hotel Artemis in 2018. And then her last thing before that was Elysium, <laughs> which yeah. is 2013 and, and was she, terrible. Yeah. Yeah, she did some directing uh, yes, as well. Yes. Um, for, I don't know if she was directing TV shows, but she definitely directed a movie that I think is brilliant and underrated. It's called The Beaver, and it yes. does have Mel Gibson in it. But it, <laughs> she's in it. She is the she's the director. She is uh, she's in it with him, uh, Anton Yelkin, rest in peace, and Jennifer Lawrence are all in this cast. Like amazing. It's, insanely good uh heavily about um the struggles of mental health and uh the the importance of family and, and understanding and, and accepting others and man jodie foster i thought she there was a period of time where i thought jodie foster was just kind of like you know cashed out retired yeah. what will you and she's coming back in full force absolutely yeah this this feels perfect for her i can't wait to see it it's uh i'm hyped i'm hyped for true detective season four other thing, man, the, so many surprising stories this week. Sony, it, you know, we're sort of at the peak of video games being adapted into movies. And while that is going on, Sony says, movies, we can do TV too. So they're already doing The Last of Us uh, for HBO. Um, that okay. was announced a long time ago. That's Pedro Pascal. Uh, that's based off of a heavily critically acclaimed video game series, The Last of Us Zombies. But the new ones that were released, uh, that were announced this week, they're making a Horizon show, which I have played the first two Horizon games. I absolutely love that franchise. They're doing that with Netflix. They're making a God of War TV show with Amazon. That is a huge video game franchise. Maybe the biggest one that has happened in the last, I don't know, 10, 15 years. Massive franchise. And then they're also wow. going to make a Gran Turismo TV show. Um, but hasn't been announced where that's going to be, where that's going to land in terms of streaming. But... Sony is in there making video game franchises into TV shows and doing it with multiple different uh, streaming studios. Wait a second, wait a second. I've heard a lot of cool stuff, but have they considered Crazy Taxi as a television oh, series? Oh, dude, that would be lit. That would be amazing. They should. Yes, please. Or Untitled, what's that one that our nephews also play? Untitled, Untitled Goose, Goose Game. Goose Game. Yeah. <laughs> I, don't th I think that's an independent developer, so Sony doesn't own it, but whoever owns it should do it. I would yes, also watch it like if we're making video game content, I have a list. I want and this is this is not all Sony, obviously. I want Banjo Kazooie. Banjo Kazooie. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I want the Mario stuff. It's ridiculous we don't have more Mario content in our lives. Right. Nintendo just jealously holds all of their copyright, all of their intellectual property so close to the vest. I hate them for it. Um, Crash Bandicoot, duh. Sly Cooper, duh. Um, Grand Theft Auto. Don't want to get greedy, but I mean, there's amazing uh, things yeah. that could happen. But Sony's out here doing the dang thing. They said we got our own IP, and we're gonna we're gonna milk that cash cow. We're gonna milk it. And the Horizon series is awesome. It has massive potential as a TV show. It's about it's about the world 
in the way far future, all of civilization has died off and come back. Like it's gone through a whole cycle where humans are repopulating the earth and the earth is Whoa. overrun by these machines. It's awesome. Um, so I'm hyped. I'm hyped for it. Even though video game content is like always scary because mm-hmm. it's rarely good. It's almost like, never good. Like Uncharted, which was supposed Ooh. to turn the page Ooh. and it definitely did not. Maybe that should have been a TV show. Maybe, you know, I mean, that could have been more of an adventure, even if it was a limited series. Yeah. Or it yeah, right. Start it, label it as a limited series. Sure. If it does well, open up a season two, surprise everyone. Like we had it planned the whole time. You're absolutely right. It should have been. I mean, yeah, they did with Halo, which I actually I hated that series. But, you yeah. know, um, maybe this stuff works better as a, as a TV series. I mean, they are video game series. They are very long. Um, right. So maybe that's the route to go. Hopefully Sony's figured something out here. I, I would be excited for any of these to turn out good. So we'll see. Crazy Taxi and <laughs> The Simpsons Sunday Drive, which is essentially yes. the same game. It's the same. Yeah, it's the same game. <laughs> Uh, only one you get to be Homer Simpson uh, <laughs> screaming out crazy things and the other one you're just a, a taxi driver that's all I want and then I'll be happy I can die <laughs> and you don't actually want it to be a show you just want it to be a running loop of somebody playing that game so you really yes. you just want like a twitch stream a <laughs> that's all you want just like hey is there anybody out there streaming crazy taxi let's hook Kirk up with a link here if, if anybody's got it that's that's what I got to do after this. I'm going to figure out. <laughs> that's going to be your up. claim to claim to fame. Uh, your Twitch channel with Crazy Taxi well, and Sunday Drive. Too. <laughs> what? Have you seen him play Crazy Taxi, though? <laughs> Amazing. Uh, okay. Next up, last couple things. Um, they have already updated the CGI in the She-Hulk trailer. As we alluded to last week, uh, these these things are fluid. I think the people who are in charge of the art were probably so ticked about the trailer going out and they're like, it's not finished. It's not ready. Don't do it. And then whenever it happened and they're like, Hey, we're getting a lot of backlash. They were like, I told you I've worked with enough developers like (laughs) in my life to know how that conversation went. And I don't blame them, but the CGI looks much better now. Yeah. Yeah, I'm sure they were just like screaming at the top of their lungs, like, are you kidding me? We told you not to do it. Grabbed Um, their nearest uh, caffeine drink, Pepsi, feel free to sponsor us. And they said, I am not going to sleep until I give them a new version of the CGI. I mean, I think within one week or less, we had the It was a week. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Immediate. Um, Okay, their variety is reporting a live action Speed Racer series is in the works at Apple TV Plus with J.J. Abrams set to executive produce. Which, mm-hmm. like, how does this man have any time? He, he. <laughs> there were reports earlier this week that DC was mad at him because um, he has so many characters that he's like laid claim to that he is like wanting to like EP shows for or showrun TV shows for that he's done nothing with. I'm like. Hey man, before you start working Speed Racer, <laughs> maybe there's some <laughs> other stuff. I mean, he's a busy dude, um, but we'll see. That has that's one of those things that there's like a 95 percent chance that is a massive disaster, and about a five percent chance that it's awesome, and there is no in between. Like there is yeah. not a middle ground. Do you think Emil Hirsch returns? <laughs> no, <laughs> no, I don't. And I think they're gonna try to make this thing look as different from that as possible so people don't accidentally yep. get them confused because that was a nightmare. Um, and finally, and I, I don't even want to give this airtime, but I'm going to because then we can put it in the podcast description and all the people who think this is cool can search for it on Google and maybe we'll pop up. 
this Winnie the Pooh horror movie that's coming out. This thing. So first of all, background. The reason that this is happening, because I think a lot of people are like, what? Winnie the Pooh. Um, and this is so dumb. The first thing that happens on Google when you type in Winnie is Winnie the Pooh Blood and Honey. That's the first thing that pops oh, up now. Gosh. They're making a horror film called Winnie the Pooh Blood and Honey about Winnie the Pooh and Piglet going on a murderous rampage um, because Christopher Robin like left for college or something like that. They've eaten Eeyore and now they're going to kill people. Um, th- so the reason for this, again, the the... It's it's now what what is that called? Public domain. Public domain. It's called it's public domain now because it's been around for a hundred years. The original E. E. Milne character of Winnie the Pooh is not owned by Disney. They were licensing it for all of their stuff. Uh, their character, their version of the character, is still I'm sure legally protected and all those things. But the character Winnie yes. the Pooh and all of the characters that go with it are public domain. And so you get people doing stupid stuff like this. And here's the thing that I hate about this because I've already seen this all over my Facebook and Twitter feed for the last three days. And this is my, I don't even think it's a hot take. It's just my take on it. This is a stupid idea. It's not even a smart idea. It'd be one thing if it was like really edgy and was a smart idea, but it's not smart. It's like any moron could have sat down and gone, Hey, what if they, what if they made a Winnie the Pooh horror movie? That'd be funny. Right. Like that, this is the dumbest thing that anyone has ever come up with. It's not even a good idea. Um, and yet people are like, oh, how funny. And it's probably going to do really well. And I hate it. I hate that. Yeah. This reminds me of when <laughs> in high school, this, we had to make like these video projects uh, in a response to like recreate the great Gatsby. And I kid you not, this kid, he took like action figures and assigned like Power Rangers and Ninja Turtles and Star Wars characters as members of the Great Gatsby and then murdered them all (laughs) for no reason whatsoever with ketchup in the backyard. Like this has probably already been done a hundred times by a sophomore in any high school across the country. Exactly. But you don't need to make this into a a major motion picture. Exactly right. You're exactly right, Kirk. This has probably been the idea of a thousand million high schoolers at some point or another. Like this is that level of creativity. Shout this out is, Clay. Uh, <laughs> this is, this is stupid high schooler idea level creation right here. Like this is that it's that bad. And that's what I hate about it. Like if they actually came up with something that was dark, but like thoughtful. Yeah. That would be awesome. I don't know. I, I like crazy ideas. Like I love the idea of, uh, the Will Smith thing. Um, the Fresh Prince thing, the Bel Air yes. show, which I never watched, but the concept of it, I was like, "Hey, that's cool! Like, let's turn it into a drama." And right, see because how- you're like, "Wow, this the 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 outcome of that of making it a comedy was finding optimism in a terrible situation." But you're like, "No, dude was in a bad situation. Yeah. Let's play that out." Yeah, absolutely. But this this is not this is not creative. This is no. like. This is like somebody forced you to come up with an idea in 30 minutes and this is what you came up with. Like it's, it's that yeah. bad. It's, I mean, it's Chucky, right? It's, yeah. it's child's play, <laughs> but just with Winnie the Pooh dolls, like, okay, congratulations. Yeah. I hate it. I hate it so much. Every time I see the link and I know that we posted <laughs> it and we had to because everybody was talking about it. And so it's like, you feel obligated to do it, but I hate this story and I hope that it does terribly. I hope that it never gets done. I hope that it never gets made. Um, I know that it's already like, almost done i guess but 
I hope that it never sees the light of day, if at all possible. Agreed. I think that whoever's distributing this, I think you're going to have a hard time, honestly. I think you're going to have a hard time getting this distributed massively. Yeah, and like, think about what you're doing to the kids, too. Like, what if your kid stumbled across this somehow? You know, so many kids love Winnie the Pooh. My kids both love or loved Winnie the Pooh so, so much. Like, the Disney stuff. Um, I don't know. It's not smart. It's stupid. I hate it. I'm, I'm done with it. Let it die on YouTube and let's move on. <laughs> let's move on. All right. That's, we're going to end it there because I, now I'm fired up and I don't want to. Fired up. <laughs> I want to come we're after these guys. We're going to get the OFET people and we're going to get the Winnie the Pooh of horror yeah. film people <laughs> with my plastic. With your lightsaber. $30 lightsaber. We're going to lead Star the charge. Wars. Ooh, that actually sounded really good on the mic just now. That was, you better you might have to turn that off. They're probably going to get muted for uh, oh, copyright. <laughs> They're going to be like, wait a second, Skywalker sound uh, sound effect was noticed in your video. You're now pulled down on every platform in the world. That's how crazy this stuff is. But we're going to leave it there. Thank you guys so much for watching or listening if you're listening in podcast form. Like I said, later this week, Top Gun Maverick. Um, I watched Top Gun last weekend or this past weekend to get fired up for the big event. I'm ready. This is this is a legacy, what they call a legacy sequel. These have... These have a name now, legacy sequels. Think Creed, think Jurassic World, um, you know, things like that. I don't even know if Jurassic World counts, but it's very exciting. We're excited to talk about it. Uh, We will have that episode releasing on Thursday. That's the plan. We will let you know if anything changes, but until that time, thank you guys so much for joining us. want to give a special thanks to our executive producer, Ryan Spriggs, and the band Rhetoric, who created our original music. Top Gun Maverick, later this week, we'll be reviewing it. And we will see you then. Talk to you then. Bye.